0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hey Buffalo Bills fans welcome to Buffalo Rumlings Q&A my name is Matt Warren editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com. If you have a question for us here at Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, you can always send it in via Twitter at A. Spell out the word and in the middle of that Twitter handle. You can call us and leave a voicemail at 716-508-0405, or you can text us at 716-508-0405. You can send us an email at rumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us a Facebook message like one of our listeners did today. There's lots of ways to get in touch with us. You can leave questions in the comments section of the show notes at buffalorumblings.com when our articles drop on Wednesday, our show notes articles, where we always answer at least one question for our readers at Buffalo Rumblings. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. And I want to thank the folks that did this week, uh, did reach out. Uh, Most of Buffalo and Western New York are covered in snow and frigid cold temperatures as we record and release this podcast. So hope everyone's staying safe, staying warm. It's a great day to download some podcasts and get some housework done or go out and shovel in short spurts, so if you want to, you can subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel and get Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, plus Circling the Wagons and Blitz Bills, all three great podcasts from the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. It's been a little bit since I started off with a good rant, and I wanted to spend that time today talking about Buffalo Bills quarterback coach, oh, excuse me, former Buffalo Bills quarterback coach, David Culley. Cully came over to the Bills from the Kansas City Chiefs when Sean McDermott was hired as the head coach. He had, of course, worked with McDermott back uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles and Andy Reid. When Reid goes and becomes the Chiefs head coach several years ago now, Cully goes with him after leaving the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Cully becomes the wide receivers coach uh, for the Chiefs, the same position he held in Philadelphia. when. He signs on with the Bills. He becomes quarterback's coach, and that's a pay increase for him. I understand that. And so he came to Buffalo to try and further his career opportunities into the future. Uh, For two years, he was the quarterback's coach for Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills, working with Tyrod Taylor uh, in his first season, and then Nathan Peterman, of course and uh, Josh Allen during his rookie season. Uh, Cully came in not really having a whole lot of experience working with quarterbacks. Uh, In fact, the last time he had worked with quarterbacks was in the 1980s, and even that experience wasn't at the NFL level. It was at Southwestern Louisiana from 1985 to 1988. Uh, From 89 to 90, he was the offensive coordinator at UTEP, University of Texas El Paso before pretty much taking over as wide receivers coach all over the place. Uh, Eventually working his way up into the NFL in 1994 and staying as a wide receivers coach in the NFL until joining the Bills in 2017. Uh, On Tuesday, and that's why we don't have any questions about it because it was late in our recording schedule, but uh, on Tuesday, Cully was named the wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator, and assistant head coach with the Baltimore Ravens. So in some ways, it's, it's kind of a, a lateral move because he's still going to be a position coach. But as passing game coordinator, he gets a pay bump, and assistant head coach, he gets a pay bump. And it's just another way for him to kind of stake his claim that he should be the next offensive coordinator of an NFL team. It's a step up for him. In that regard, and if that's his ultimate goal, then it's a smart move for him. Um, but let's talk about the last two years for a minute with the Bills' quarterbacks. Tara Taylor had two seasons in Buffalo before Cully came over and before Rick Dennison, the offensive coordinator, took over, and of course before McDermott joined the team. In those seasons, uh, he had a sixty-three percent completion percentage and a sixty-one percent completion percentage. Something that's always been. Uh, good with Tyrod. And uh, in 2017 with Cully, it was right in the middle at uh, 62%. So that was great. But his yardage was down. Uh, his t- touchdown percentage was down. Um, everything was down so much to the point where the Bills knew that they had to move on from Taylor and uh, cut bait, really back them into the corner going in into a corner going into the 2018 NFL draft where they ended up picking Josh Allen. The Bills trusted Cully to develop Nathan Peterman in 2017. Peterman, um, what's the right way to say this, uh, was not good in 2017, setting records for how many interceptions he threw in the first half of his NFL starting debut. Then they tasked him with developing Peterman over his second offseason as the Bills quarterback's coach uh, into the starting quarterback for his sophomore season. And uh, Peter, Peterman wasn't very good there either. Uh, he was pulled after a half of football. And then they put in rookie Josh Allen, who did struggle in the early going, but eventually was able to um, kind of settle into the role a little bit as the season went on. It's – um it's problematic for me that they're going to be replacing their quarterbacks coach after one season, but Brian Dable is going to be staying in place as the offensive coordinator. And he was the one that was standing next to Allen a ton during practices and uh, even on the sidelines when, when both of them were on the sidelines. So it doesn't bother me that much that um, that Kelly's moving on. In fact, some people would say this is a welcome addition. We did an article a few weeks ago uh, at BuffaloRumlings.com about what the Bills might do if Cully moved back to wide receivers coach and they brought in a new quarterbacks coach to kind of help bring along Josh Allen. Um, With the stability in that quarterback room with Matt Barkley coming back, with Derek Anderson coming back, and of course, Brian Dable coming back with Josh Allen. This is kind of that wild card. It's it's the one change that they're going to be making to Josh Allen's uh, quarterbacks room going from his first season to a second season. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but there will be a lot of media members and Bill's fans who are actually going to celebrate this move, obviously, depending on who they bring in. uh, We have a list of possible candidates at buffalorumblings.com, including a guy that was just fired in Baltimore, Marty Morningweg, who was not a great head coach, um, a subpar offense coordinator, but did build a nice reputation as a quarterbacks coach before that. So the the bills are in the market for a new quarterbacks coach and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm I'm pretty excited that they're going to be able to bring in somebody to, to help Josh Allen along that has a little bit more experience working with NFL quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. it's kind of my opening rant on David Cully because we don't have any questions on it since it happened on Tuesday afternoon and we record on Tuesday and release on Wednesday. So Let's get to the questions. This week's question. I'm getting a lot uh, comes from the Buffalo rumblings editorial Slack channel where some of the writers and I have been discussing what the deepest positions in this year's free agent class are and whether or not that's going to help or hurt the bills. Um, Just looking around it's probably not going to help the bills too much. Uh, the deepest, at least at the top uh, free agent position group is probably edge pass rushers. Uh, whether it's DeMarcus Lawrence from the Dallas Cowboys um Jadeveon Clowney from the Houston Texans, Brandon Graham, Trey flowers. There's four or five edge rusher guys that are going to be at the top of a lot of people's lists. And, as long as Jerry Hughes is still here commanding the money he's getting. Uh, they signed Trent Murphy last year to do that. Um, they still have to make a decision on Shaq Lawson, but you, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I don't think they're going to pick up his his extra year option. And so they're going to need a younger player, not a guy right in the prime of his career, just because of what they're paying Murphy and Hughes. So I don't think that an edge pass rusher is going to really help the Bills. I mean, it, it would help the Bills. I just don't think they're going to target one. Um, I think the next really great position group you're looking at is safety, and the Bills have two Pro Bowl caliber safeties in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. So they don't need a guy like Earl Thomas or Landon Collins or or some of those other safeties that are out there. And I think quarterback is one that's actually overlooked a little bit. You're probably going to have Nick Foles hitting the market. You're going to have Terry Bridgewater hitting the market Um, in addition to Tyrod Taylor who while he's 30 years old still has a couple good seasons left in him as you know an offensive weapon that can transition to you know maybe somebody picks a quarterback and wants to develop behind Tyrod Taylor kind of like Baker Mayfield did in Cleveland but or at least that was a plan in Cleveland Um, so you know, those are three position groups that probably aren't going to be targets for the Bills uh, this year, but those are the deepest free agent position groups. You've got your edge rushers, um, your safeties, and then quarterback is another sneaky, deep uh, class this year. Because you got three guys that could probably step in and start right away if if you need them to or if you want them to. And that's the question I'm getting a lot. <laughs> Matt Chris Collins from Webster, New York, outside of Rochester, just finished listening to one of your podcasts, and you were talking about Lashawn McCoy and if he's going to be there, and if they would bring anybody in. My question would be Tevin Coleman, I think would be a good fit, and you can keep Lashawn McCoy, and they could split time, or maybe even bringing in uh, Kareem Hunt possibly. I'll wait to hear your answer. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Chris, from Webster, New York. It's a town I know very well, um, and K2 Brewery uh, there down by Rondecoy Bay is probably my favorite brewery in the Rochester area. It's from top to bottom, all whatever it is, 20-something beers, I think are excellent. And they might not have my favorite beer in the Rochester area, but from top to bottom, I think they, they do every style very, very well. And... I like them a lot, so you guys should check that out when the next time you're in Webster. They also have Witchcraft Brews, which has a great uh, tap selection and stuff like that. So it's a good town for that. Um, to answer your question, Tevin Coleman's a former third-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons. He's split carries in their offense every year of his NFL career. He finally topped 1,000 yards from scrimmage in 2018, but if you look at his career trajectory it's gone up every season Uh, 392 to 520 to 628 to 800 rushing yards his uh, rushing average went from 4.5 and 4.4 in his first two seasons all the way up to 4.8 in his fourth NFL season Um, he had a ton of touchdowns in his second season that's not really a huge change and a ton of of receptions in his second season as well. But he's just on that kind of upward trajectory that you would want to be in if you were entering the free agent market. But the Falcons also have a lot of money invested in Devonta Freeman, who signed a five-year $41 million contract just a couple seasons ago. I think it was in 2017. Um, So they have a lot of money tied up there. Plus Matt Ryan has a big contract. So, are they going to be able to afford all those salaries in their, in their backfield? And the answer is probably not. So if Coleman does move on, he could sign a pretty hefty deal this offseason. contract website. Spot has him uh, projected for a $5 million average annual salary on the free agent market. They're projecting four years, $20 million give or take. And, uh, that would put him at 11th in the running back hierarchy behind LaShawn McCoy, but uh, it would still put him behind LaShawn McCoy. Uh, they compare him to guys that recently received four or $5 million a year deals uh, like um, Isaiah Crowell, who got $4 million a year, uh, Dion Lewis, who got $5 million a year, and even Jarek McKinnon, who got seven and a half million a year. So, I mean, he's going to want the higher end of that, I'm sure, but he's probably going to be around, uh, four years, $20 million or five years, $25 million somewhere in that neighborhood since he's entering the prime of his career. And he's 25. Um, he's going to want that, that big payday because running backs have a short shelf life as we have seen. Um, if the bills were going to go that way, I would like to see them move on from LaShawn McCoy, just because I don't think that they can afford that much cap space. And I don't want to pay a complimentary player like LaShawn McCoy that much money to be you know, part of a rotation. I want Coleman to be the lead back and have a backup. That could be Chris Ivory. I don't care. That's fine. But it needs to be not LaShawn McCoy. The other name you bring up is Kareem Hunt, who still remains on the commissioner's exempt list. After a video came out in 2018 in November showing an altercation between Hunt and a woman in a hotel, the chiefs immediately released him, but he remains on the commissioner's exempt list until they figure out and kind of let the legal system play out. Um, The chief's owner said that they released him because he was dishonest about the incident, not necessarily because of the incident incident, by itself, uh, obviously a super talented player, um, but uh, also obviously some some big time questions come along with that. The Bills haven't you know, been averse to giving guys second chances, whether it's guys in the NFL who made bad mistakes like Zay Jones or guys that made mistakes in college or, or things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills showed some interest in Hunt, but. Until he's off the commissioner's exempt list, I don't even know if he's worth having that conversation about. Thanks for your question, Chris. We'll be right back after a quick break.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: The next question comes to us from Facebook at Buffalo Rumblings, where Deja Glover asked us in a, message private message do you honestly think the bills will beat the patriots next season for the afc east title there's a lot of stuff that goes into that question first the bills would need to take a big step forward in 2018 they weren't able to really compete not just with the patriots but really any team that was any good they were blown out early by the baltimore ravens 47 to 3 in nathan peterman's start in week 1 <clears throat> They were beaten pretty handily by the Los Angeles Chargers the following week in Josh Allen's first start, thirty-one to twenty. They were beaten by the Houston Texans, twenty to thirteen, in a game they could have won. They got blown out by the Indianapolis Colts, thirty-seven to five. They lost to the Patriots, twenty-five to six, and twenty-four to twelve in games that weren't even that close. They lost 41 to 9 to the Chicago Bears. So, if you just take a look at the the teams they played that made the playoffs, it's it's kind of a murderous row of of blowout losses by the Bills in 2018. With the possible exception of that Houston Texans game, and if Josh Allen stays healthy, doesn't uh, sprain his elbow during that game, maybe the Bills can pull out a victory there and win that game. But against playoff teams, the Bills just got throttled in 2018. So that would be the first change that they would have to make, be able to play well against good teams. The second thing that would need to happen is the Patriots would need to come back to earth just a little bit, not a ton, but enough where the Bills could catch them. New England finished 11-5-1 in 2018. And, I mean, they could have easily been 12-4 if not for the Miami Miracle. But, you know, they also had some, some bounces go their way and things like that, but the Patriots would have to come back to earth and we haven't really seen that yet, or at least not over a longer period of time. There were some signs early in the 2018 season that we were all like watching and, and hoping that Tom Brady and the Patriots would kind of fall off and they never really did. They just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. Even after consecutive losses late in the season, they were able to turn it around in week 16 against the Bills and uh, haven't lost since, of course, and really pushed all the way to the to the Super Bowl. So do I think the Bills will be able to compete and dethrone the New England Patriots in 2019? I'm a big believer in show me, and the Bills haven't done anything, anything close to being able to say that they're going to be able to challenge the Patriots in 2019. I'm talking in a game not just in the AFC East race. So you know, as long as Tom Brady doesn't get hurt in week one like he did uh, in that Matt Castle year a while back now, seems like forever ago now, no, as long as Brady's going to keep playing, which he says he is, uh, there's no reason to think that the Bills are going to be able to compete with the New England Patriots in the AFC East in 2019 unless they can take a huge step forward on offense, and I just got to see it to believe it because they have so many holes on that side of the ball. Thanks for your question. On Facebook, we're at Buffalo Rumblings over there, and you can send us messages there. That was from Deja Glover. Our Twitter question of the day comes from at IrishHunter16. Ian Carmody, who asks, the Bills need to rebuild the offensive line. Conventional wisdom says to start with a left tackle to protect your quarterback's blindside. Do the Bills move Dawkins to right tackle? Do they go with a free agent or stay at nine? Do they trade back and get an extra pick and take a left tackle and a center in the early rounds of the draft? And what do you do? Obviously, lots of questions within that. Um, I think the bills are going to go after a center in free agency. Matt paradise is the one that makes the most sense. Um, he's a guy that's played in the cold weather before, so that's not going to be about a a big deal for him probably unless he really hates it and wants to get out of it. Um, I think they're going to try and target that center in the draft somewhere or in the free agency somewhere because they already have an inexperienced quarterback under center. Um, And so instead of letting them learn together, you'd rather have somebody that kind of knows what they're doing to set the protections and things like that in front. So that's why I think that they're going to overspend probably to sign Matt Paradise or, or even, you know, the second or third center on their free agent board. Um, And I think the Dawkins question comes down to who's left at um, when they pick number nine, if one of the, big old left tackles, franchise left tackles falls to number nine. They could always move Dawkins to right tackle after the draft and not trade down and just select one of those left tackles. But most of the mock drafts I've seen have the left tackles gone there, at least the two stud left tackles gone before the bills pick at number nine. So, I mean, they could pick one of the right tackles at number nine. They could trade back. That would probably be better value at that point and just keep Dawkins at left tackle. So I think that's the most likely scenario is that Dawkins ends up staying at left tackle. They draft a right tackle. They draft a guard and fill out the rest of the offensive line that way. Dawkins at left tackle, Wyatt Teller or, you know, a, a, another late round draft guy at left guard, heck, even Vlad Dukas, who is relatively cheap. He can stick around um, and maybe be depth or maybe push a guy for, for one of those guard spots, maybe right guard. Um, They can bring along a rookie at right guard, have that free agent at center, and then a draft, a guy for the right tackle spot. I think it sets up really well for them to do that in that order because they have a little bit of flexibility with what Dawkins can do. So that's what I would do on the offensive line. Um, And again, a lot of it is kind of dependent on who goes in the first eight picks of the draft. And if there's a a franchise left tackle on the board still at number nine, go for that and move Dawkins then. If not, you can trade down, you can do whatever you want and get the, the other pieces that you need for your offense, whether that's picking up an extra draft pick in the late first or in the second round to get your tight end, to get another guard, to get the right tackle, even a wide receiver. So there's a lot of options that they can do if those two left tackles are gone by the time they pick number nine. Thanks for your question on Twitter. We're at rumblings Q and A with word and spelled out in the middle of it. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. My name has been Matt Warren. Uh, If you're interested in sponsoring our podcast, either the Twitter question of the day or putting a longer ad inside of our podcast, you can contact me at rumblings at sbnation.com. You can also leave questions there for the podcast. You can call us and leave a voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us questions at Rumblings Q&A and make sure you're following us at Buff Rumblings as well. B-U-F-F Rumblings, which is our main Twitter handle for the website. You can text us questions at 716-508-0405. You can leave questions in the show notes on BuffaloRumblings.com. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show to leave your questions. And frankly, it's a super boring show if I don't get any questions and I'm just ranting about... Whatever is on my mind. So I'd rather talk about what you guys want me to talk about. So leave me questions so that I can do that. We usually record on Tuesdays for the Wednesday show to drop. We're getting into February. So the Super Bowl is happening between now and the next podcast. Then we've got the combine right after that. And we're into the middle of the free agent signing period. And then the draft and all the rest of the stuff that comes with that. So lots of stuff coming up. Go Bills!